0: welcome to Dark Materials. I'm Faye. Hi. And I'm Rachel. Hello. This is a podcast where we're reading through and discussing Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials novels,
1: a chapter at a time, spoiler free. In this episode, we are talking about chapter 12 of The Amber Spyglass, The Break. exciting podcast episode because mm-hmm. for the first time in many a moon we're recording in the same room
0: we are and we weren't supposed to be recording. we the were not <laughs> <laughs> do you want to tell the people what happened rich
1: so you know how when you say something out loud and you absolutely fucking jinx it yes. um that's exactly what i did with uh i mentioned in the last episode about how i was like okay we've just got like a week till we go away mm-hmm. i've just gotta not get covid yep. in this week the day after two days after my housemate got COVID and I was like right I can't I can't do it so basically I I've just fled my house mm-hmm. to avoid my COVID ridden housemate and I crashed my friend Ellie's sofa for a while thank you Hi, for putting you? me up Ellie <laughs> and now I'm at Faye's house and she's putting me up for a few days because mm-hmm. you know it's, yeah so it's just really weird being back in the same room
0: Podcast, it really is <laughs> And, yeah, it's old school. We've got the old mic in in between us on a cushion and some books. It's very old school.
1: Yeah, it's a bit like Blast from the Past vibes. It
0: it is, yeah. (laughs) So if we sound different, that's why. Yeah. And if there's more interrupting, it's because we're on one track and we can't cut each other out, which is what we usually do when we interrupt (laughs) each other. So (laughs) let's see how it goes. (sighs) But, yeah,
1: how are you? Are you all right? (laughs) I am okay, like... I'm just, I'm going with it. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm just going with it now. Um, I actually had a really nice few days at Ellie's house. Got, like, loads of, like, admin work and stuff done because I physically wasn't able to be in the workshop, so that was actually quite nice. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's that not being in your own home while you're, like, preparing for a trip. I can't just be like, oh, do I have a charger adapter for the US? I don't know, I'll go and check. I I can't go and check. I can't. (laughs) So I've, like, started my holiday a bit early almost, but also we're, like, doing work and catching up on stuff, so... It's a bit surreal at the moment. Yes. Um. But we're getting through stuff. It's really mm. good. <laughs> yes. Oh. I'm very excited. We're going away in three, four. Wait, it's Saturday. Saturday. We go. We fly on Wednesday. Uh-huh. And we like go and stay in a hotel overnight because our flight is at stupid o'clock in the morning on Tuesday. So we start our holiday officially on Tuesday.
0: Yes, we do. After we fucking get our COVID test results, that is when the holiday will start because I'm shitting my pants about that. Same. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Now we've
1: spoken about it on a podcast. Maybe this is the second jinx. Oh God, (laughs) I hope not. But as you're listening to this, we are back. So who knows? Yeah. Hopefully with two weeks holidayed and feeling great or really sad and we're never gonna do anything ever again and we're just gonna stay in bed forever because also this is the closest we've ever come to batch recording well because we've recorded an episode earlier this earlier this week week. and one today to like get ahead of ourselves Mm -hmm. for a holiday it's very exciting but it also means i have very little to tell you except for that my life got uprooted
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's quite a big thing that happened in fairness
1: um but yeah we're both sat on my bedroom
0: floor. Yeah, it's like gross. I was going to say, like, the like good old days, but we've never done this before.
1: We used to do it yeah, in my yeah, kitchen. And well, now I know what it's like recording Still Into You of the Paramore podcast. Yes,
0: you've got a taste for when you come on.
1: Yes. We'll have to try and get you in this. You'll have to, like, sit. I'll, sit the... I'll, I'll, like, straddle the <laughs> t- little table that you've got things stood on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Mm-hmm.
0: But, yeah, I don't really have that much to say to you right now. I just don't want look at I don't, don't have <laughs> much to say to
1: you. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> so mean. Well, thank you, Faye, for taking me in for this few days. You're welcome. I'm just, yeah, starting the holiday with Faye super early. She's Mm -hmm. going to be more than sick of me in three weeks' time. No, I won't be. Never. No such thing. No such thing. How dare. So... Faye. Mm-hmm. what would your demon have been this week
0: Thank god so we made our notes in the same room today and i was like oh i can't think of a demon and then Rich was like i don't even thought i did not start thinking of a demon <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> and then you said oh why don't you think of a california animal because that's where we'll be and i like googled literally just googled like animals in california and one of the first ones that came up that wasn't like because like, i think there isn't like a there's like a bear on the california flag right and stuff like that and i didn't want to be like a hawk this is very American. Mm. Uh, so ra- a little raccoon, a little trash panda. Oh my God. It's so perfect. Because yeah. I just feel, I love raccoons. I think they're so cute. Also I just feel a bit like, like I'm trash at the minute.
1: <laughs> Aren't we all? No, that's perfect. I love that. Yeah. I also feel like it's going to be very representative of our road trip vibes. Just yes. like going from place to place. Uh-huh. Kind of like. I don't know, scrubbing along and getting like Pop Tarts from gas stations and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Feels like a very trash panda vibe.
0: Going through some bins,
1: of course. Of course.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to be skinned, so we actually might have to. I mean, (laughs) genuinely might have to. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. What about you? So I went down the exact same road because I was like, I genuinely, I don't know. I was like, oh, what's the California state animal? And the state animal is a grizzly bear, Mm -hmm. or a brown bear, or a grizzly bear. But I was like, bear's too big. What's the state bird? Because, of course, that's the thing in America. You've got a state animal but you also have a state bird. And the state bird is the California quail. Oh wow. Okay. And they've got a really cute little head plume, like a little, little little feather thing that like curls on their head. And like quails are just so cute. Yeah. And so like plump and like Yeah, they have like a really cute little plume on their head, which I feel is appropriate for me right now in this moment, because I just redyed my hair <laughs> at <Yes>. Faye's house.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we just spent the morning dying yes. Rich's
1: hair. And they're really cute. Look how cute this little quail is. I can actually show you in person. Yeah. I'm sorry, is this or is this not a vibe? Oh my
0: god, it's <laughs> so funny. What is on his little head? Little heads are so oh, cute. Wow, very regal. Mm-hmm. So just bit. Google a California quail right now because they're really cute. They are very cute. Very, very cute. I, I, Shall we just get into it? chapter, Yorick and Will arrived at the cave where Lyra was being kept and met Amma, who told them that Mrs Coulter was keeping Lyra in an enchanted sleep.
1: Will spoke to Mrs Coulter, who told him why she is keeping Lyra captive, but did she tell the truth? Chevy and Sally hatched
0: their dragonflies and flew on ahead of the CCD Zeppelins to help protect Lyra. In this chapter, Will, Balthamos, and Amma sneak into the cave and try and wake Lyra,
1: but are caught by Coulter in the process. The CCD and King of Gunway's forces arrive at the cave and a big old battle ensues. A distracted Will breaks a knife while trying to get Lyra away, trapping them in this world. Chevy and Sally show up to help Will and a very tense standoff begins. Ooh. This fucking chapter. Alright. Uh, oh,
0: right. <laughs> Here we go. Well, do you want to guess what the picture is? It's a very strange one.
1: Oh. I mean, if it's not a broken knife, then what is going on?
0: Yeah, it's definitely not. Oh. It's like, you're not even going to guess. It's just some trees in the wind. Okay. I feel like it's mentioned once, not far away under the wind-tossed pines on the forest path, Will and Amma were making their way
1: towards the cave. I think it's supposed to represent that, maybe? I mean. Sorry, Phil, you phoned it in again mm -hmm. this week. I'm criticising you. I'm definitely... I, I haven't yet are. done my drawing for last week but I'm definitely drawing a dragonfly even though I called him out last week for yeah. drawing a dragonfly I <laughs> this week. I think
0: that he got 12 chapters in and he was like fuck I should probably have never started drawing this shit for
1: the beginning <laughs> of each chapter. Not like me for the podcast artwork <laughs> what? <laughs> no I love doing it. What, how, what are your first impressions of the snippet the little quote that Phil's chosen? um i didn't even read it do not even read it brilliant we're really on point this week it is not a weird week at all oh god
0: hang on Ah, okay fine i like it i quite like it i mean i read it as being about will and him like looking back at for his like mom all the time and shit and all that kind of stuff
1: okay so the quote is still as he fled his eye was backward cast as if his fear still followed him behind this is from an epic poem. We know that Phil loves an epic poem. Uh-huh. He's like obsessed with Paradise Lost. That is also an epic. That's by Milton. This is by Edmund Spencer. So, this poem is an epic poem. It's comprised of six books. Uh-huh. The poem overarching title is The Fairy Queen, spelled like F A E R I E Q U E E N E. Like the Fairy Queen. Sure. Do you know it's that cool.
0: um, fair means
1: fairy? Oh, mm-hmm. I did. Well I knew that it meant it when it's FAE, but F O like F A Y E. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice.
0: Yes, I am a fairy, of course.
1: Yes, very <laughs> magical, very on brand for this snippet yeah. because. So the Fairy Queen is um funnily enough, not actually in any of the poems. Oh. So it's called the Fairy Queen and that is suspected to be or definitely is the Fairy Queen is representative of Queen Elizabeth the First. And he wrote the poem kind of as a way to suck up to her and like curry favour with her. Whoa. And so it's very much like it's about the world of fairy and like it is this magical world and there's lots of different stuff going on, all these epic adventures, but a lot of it is all in service of the queen. And so the fairy queen who we never actually meet is based on Queen Elizabeth I. And then he dedicated the book to Queen Elizabeth. Fuck Just yeah. had, help, I love you. <laughs> Please do not behead me. I got a lot of this information from good old favourite from last week, shmoop.com, their poetry, Uh, shmoop.com, study.com, and also Sparknotes, good old Mm Sparknotes. So, uh, The Fairy Queen is divided into six books, each one is dedicated to a specific virtue, holiness, temperance, chastity, friendship, justice, and courtesy. And this snippet is from the first book, which is dedicated to holiness. Each book kind of like follows the adventures of a different person Mm -hmm. and so this particular book is about a guy called the Red Cross Knight who is his general story is very convoluted these poems are very hard to read epic poems I am so into the vibes of the epic poem like when I read this plot synopsis that of like Mm -hmm. of someone that's gone to the effort of deciphering it and explaining it to me I'm like this sounds so cool this sounds literally epic and I'd love to read it, but I can't, like, get my brain through the wording yeah. because it's so hard to untangle. But it's very, very cool. So the snippets from a first book which centres around a knight called The Red Cross Knight. And the first book, as we know, is dedicated to holiness. Um, It follows the Red Cross Knight who encounters a deceptive person called Duessa, which the name, like, literally means, like, deceit, de- deception, mm-hmm. which is just, like great (laughs) I love it and he's like yeah you sound great I'm gonna trust you but I love that the poem centers around someone who is like at their core quite a deceitful person Mm -hmm. because of how much we have those interactions with Coulter in this chapter yeah um the specific bit that Phil has pulled from is towards the end of this first book of the epic poem in which um the Red Cross Knights had all sorts of interactions with the deceptive Duessa and the very, like, lovely and honest Una. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another person who he meets, and there's very much, like, a struggle between those two. After a bunch of various battles, in- including a cannibalistic giant, he beheads her, and her babies drink her blood until they explode, and that's how he defeats them. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> like, literally, this poem sounds so cool. I'm like, <laughs> why can't I get on board with it? Wow. But... That's all very by the by, because the specific section that Phil's pulling from is after a bunch of epic stuff has happened, the like last baddie Mm -hmm. in this bit of poem, the like final boss of the level, and is also something that is represented in quite a few like epic paintings, is referred to as the Cave of Despair, which I love Mm -hmm. because again, this whole thing with all of this action happening in a cave, I can see why this is something that Phil's pulled from. Mm -hmm. So the quote that phil has pulled of still as he fled his eye was backward cast as if fear still followed him behind is referring to a knight that this red cross knight the main character comes across towards the end of his journey this man is running away from a character called despair the whole vibe of despair he's a creepy old hermit that lives in a cave and his sole purpose in life is to convince people to end their own lives And so this knight that's running away that the Red Cross knight comes across, he's running away because he's witnessed his friend kill himself and is running away from having witnessed that and also having escaped that fate for himself. Mm -hmm. And then the Red Cross knight has to go to this cave and battle despair who will tell him, partly because of a bunch of the interactions he's had previously in the poem, like, you're a horrible person, you're supposed to be this holy person, you're not, you're not, you're horrible, it's not worth living. And the Red Cross knight has to, like, get through that and wow. like not be convinced to do that to himself, and so it's just it's a really dark poem. Like that's yeah. really horrible. Grim. But the thing that this person's running away from is despair. Yeah, and like I really love that. And mm-hmm. like the whole title of the thing being the Cave of Despair. Like, yeah, it's very it's a mood. <laughs> it's an <laughs> it absolute is. mood. It is. Um, I hope that kind of made some sense. Yeah. Um, a fun fact within that, I was saying like, this, so this is virtuous character Una that the person meets is all based on like the Protestant church and the deceitful character is actually based on Mary, Queen of Scots and the Catholic church. So it's got all this fantasy elements, but then it's also all allegories for church institutions and currying Mm -hmm. favour with royalty, which again, really right up Phil's street in terms of like the things that interest him Yeah, about like the way that fantasy can be used to to, like go for like political agendas and stuff. Well, well, Phil, well, well, well. (laughs) that was uh, that was great I, yeah i hope i explained it well i really want to like find a podcast all about the fairy queen and this epic poem if anyone finds a podcast that like goes through yeah. them book by book tell me about it because like i want to know the story i want someone to tell it to me but i don't want to do the research myself because it's yeah. really hard <laughs> it was a right rabbit hole
0: fair that was good though that was great yeah yeah okay so here we go in this chapter. And my one of my first notes was going to be like, oh, hey, azriel we've not seen you for ages. I'm
1: like, yeah, we, we saw him like a few chapters ago when he just mm-hmm. did not give a shit that Baruch died. My first note was, azriel we are not here for you. Yeah, Move along. <laughs> yeah. And then fortunately, it immediately moves yeah. along. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but yeah, I'd already completely forgot that we uh we saw azriel just not giving a shit
1: that Baruch yeah. had died. Yeah, true. Boo. Boo. Um, I kind of love this opening section. Mm. Like the first... I don't know what, if we ever found out like, the word for it, what you would call a section of a chapter that's broken up by the, like, double return key. I don't think there is a word for um, it. Like, double paragraph. But this entire first bit feels like a movie montage that's, like, laying out, yeah, laying yeah, yeah. the ground before an epic battle. It's like, yeah. you've... I'm going to refer back to Game of Thrones here, but, like, you know, you know what? Dana- you've been following Daenerys' story. You've been following jamie lannister you've been following john snow mm-hmm. they've all been scattered across the thing but they've got one goal and they're coming to the same place yeah let's check in with each of them because we know the shit's about to go down it's that yeah and like i can just i just feel like it's i can see like the camera doing like a sweepy swoopy move through this scene like i'm looking <laughs> forward to however they choose to do it in the tv series yeah interesting because it sounds like a play-by-play of a, of a screenplay yeah 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 it does
0: so yeah Azriel's pacing waiting for a message on the fucking what's it called Lodestone that's resonator it.
1: that's it mm-hmm. a very long winded message
0: yes oh yeah yes. <laughs> dear
1: lord asriel <laughs> i hope you're well how are you doing yes the one thing I appreciate from Azrael is that he has said that, that that is his sole focus. All of his other messages have been diverted. It's like yeah. the one okay thing Asriel has done in a while is be like, actually, this de- deserves my full concentration. Yeah, but then again, <laughs> again it's not because of Lyra's
0: safety, is it? It's because he knows that she's important. Yeah. Like...
1: It's because it's a battle he wants to win. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So again, wears in a gyroptor planning to counter the CCD they need to get their on the car on the ground ASAP because they're, like, behind the Zeppelins. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole bit about these, like, deadly-ass crossbows that the CCD have got, and I'm just like, why have we spent so much, like... Do they need a whole paragraph about the, the I crossbows? Mean.
1: I guess it's showing, like... Um, I think Phil's trying to show the the size and the power of all the different forces at play, and yeah. then at the end when it comes down to just being, like two children and a bear and a a random angel like it very much like shows the scale of like what they're up against but he's very into this (laughs) crossbow um he's thought a lot about how the arrows are made Yeah. Their crossbows were deadly over 500 yards and an archer could load and fire 15 bolts a minute. The spiral fins made of horn gave the bolt a spin that made the weapon as accurate as a rifle. But it was also, of course, silent, which gave them an advantage. He's definitely just like, oh yeah, <laughs> crossbows. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. But you know, we stand a crossbow. Buffy rocked a crossbow, so. <laughs> she does, but I also agree with Jenny from Buffy, And they're
0: just like, completely impractical oh yeah especially you have to like you shoot i mean these ones sound like they're a little bit more like practical but the ones in is like you shoot one arrow from it and then you have to like reload and it takes ages and it's just pointless true in a battle unless you're like faith and you're like lingering on a roof and you're gonna shoot someone from there fine but like if you're in the middle of a battle
1: no also yeah just why all slayers aren't just archers instead of crossbow enthusiasts yeah like longbow archery Mm. is easier to reload because you just Grab it from your quiver like a hawk eye. Quiver? I thought you... <laughs> I thought you were just going to say like a whore. <laughs> Grab it from your quiver like a whore. Because
0: <laughs> <it> was... <laughs> the way you said hawk eye, you just like elongated the whore bit.
1: Hawk eye. I was like, oh, where's she going with this? Okay. Cool. So, King of Gourmets on his way. Mm. The constable core on the way. Mrs. Coulter is laying awake in the entrance to the cave, yeah. and the monkey is restless. Um, there's no bats for him to there's no bats up. for him to grab with his horny little fingers <laughs> okay, oh fucking hell Faye! every time there's a mention of a horny finger <laughs> not the monkeys though fucking and hell he's squishing bugs mm. gross little bug squisher mm.
0: he's grim isn't he he's is so grim i hate this like description of Lyra. well I, I think it's a good description but it again like reminds me of like sleep paralysis when it says that she's like locked in oblivion Ugh, i do not mm, like that mm-hmm. um and she keeps having a dream and we don't know what it is unless it's the one that we like saw when we had the bits of like glimpses into her mind mm-hmm. uh, but she mentions it a couple of times in this chapter that she's having this particular dream so i wonder whether we'll find out if it's supposed to refer back to what we already know or if it's a different dream and we'll find out what it is
1: yeah yeah intrigued mm-hmm. poor lyra yeah she's sleeping she's hot she's in a fever dream basically yeah uh will and amma are making their way towards the cave yeah and amma is doing the little thumb and finger motion with uh-huh. her fingers and what i'm trying to think is because we had that referenced in the, cha- the last chapter we had uh, with mary, yeah, mary yeah, do you yeah. think the thumb, mm-hmm. thumb and finger thing that she's doing is lining mary's timeline up with this yeah. motion or way back in the first chapter when mm. she was doing it
0: I, I yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I think it's probably gotta be now that she's done it again. Now that it was mentioned, it mentioned in marriage chapter, and now it's mentioned again in this one. I think it maybe lines up more with this one, mm. just because. Why would Phil then mention
1: it again? Do you know what I mean? When there's like mentioned, ten, like yeah, ten chapters otherwise between the yeah. last mention and this one. So yeah, yeah, that yeah, makes sense. It's interesting there.
0: Amma uh, is like terrified when like Will cuts a window because he tries to explain and I mean sure
1: why wouldn't you be mm-hmm. to be honest but she still refuses to give him the powder because she's yeah. desperate to do it herself and she's so like it. keen to help I I have so much love for Amma she's yeah, so me too. sweet
0: I really like that she won't give him the medicine because at the end of the day as well obviously she doesn't know she's just only just met him she doesn't know whether she can trust him which is very you know intelligent of a child to be like actually no I'm not going to trust you even though you're older than me because like age is such a big thing when you're a kid isn't mm-hmm. it you always like, trust. The Older person, and also just the fact that she worked really, really hard to get that. I'm like, I'm just giving it to you, you're not going to take the glory. She took so much bread to that monastery. (laughs) This is my thing, I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah.
1: She's like, I was going to do this without you showing up. Yeah. Yeah, well, let me finish my project. Yeah, exactly. And Yorick's around,
0: bless him. Um, he's waiting for the soldiers to try and hold him off, and he can't warn Will of the Gyroptors because he's never heard one before, so it just completely oh. disregards
1: it. He can hear he's like, What's that sound? Yeah, <laughs> yeah who knows. Whatever. <laughs> It'll be fine. I love that Yorick's like, he's probably very feeling like the calmest person in the Mm. room right now in terms of like war is the water that he swims in or whatever he said um in that first book like he's very like he's probably sniffing the air and he's like a battle (laughs) coming i think yeah quite like excited for yorick's vibes yeah We
0: get like a fucking, finally, a mention of Balthamoth and his grief. It says, Balthamos might have been able to tell them, but Will was troubled about him. Now that they'd found Lyra, the angel had begun to withdraw back into his grief. He was silent, distracted, and sullen, and that in turn made it harder to talk to Amma. And my thing here is, it says that Will is troubled about him. Is he troubled from a, like, um, my friend is is not doing so well? Or is he troubled from a, oh shit, it's going to be hard for me to talk to Amma now? that he is back in his grief
1: it's probably a bit of both isn't Mm. it really yeah like it's probably long-term concern for a friend in terms of like i hope you're all right like emotionally at that level practically like practicality wise it is like this is very inconvenient for me right now it's a bad time yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah.
0: will is kind of like Balthamos. are you there and he says yes Balthamos, please stay with me stay close and warn me of any danger i need you i haven't abandoned you yet said the angel that was the best will could get out of him oh but also wasn't the whole thing that he when baruch had just died and like will was trying to convince him to come like to come along like Balthamos was like i will go with you like to get lyra did he say that he would stay with him after that or was that the whole thing that he was just gonna like lead him to lyra and then go away
1: the initial deal was we'll take you to lyra because that's the only way you'll agree to come to asriel yeah i can't remember what Balthamas agreed to mm. fish fish brain goldfish memory yeah <laughs> fish brain fish brain <laughs> sure <laughs> absolute fish brain cannot remember what the like secondary deal was no. that will made after they'd lost baruch so and then chevy and sally are coming although i'd like to petition to potentially change our nickname for chevy to be tally because tally and sally, tally and, sally. and also as we're becoming more familiar with him and on like a first-term basis mm-hmm. they're dropping the chevalier yeah we're getting true. much more t- tialis and some lackier. so i think tally and sally is okay i'll here. try and
0: remember that but <laughs> i might slip back into chevy. my notes
1: flip between both so yeah.
0: um Yeah so they are on their way and then uh, Will and Amma creep closer to the cave and Will cuts a window to a world that there's basically loads of moonlight and rocks. (laughs) Kind of a a simple description of that world. But the moon is too bright and it'll illuminate the cave a lot. Well it will illuminate the cave if uh, they just cut a window straight into the cave so Mm -hmm. they gotta be careful
1: yeah, this is that's where Emma's doing the finger and thumbs thing as Will's like starting to do much more of the window cutting, and she's freaking out a bit. Yeah,
0: and the plan is to pull Lyra through the window quickly and then wake her up in the other world because mm-hmm. um, they got to do it quick um i love that amma is like so ready for the task of like waking her up She, her and a demon have been practicing I love that been um, practicing they're like yeah she's been practicing so like, she could do it in the darkies. easy she's been practicing oh god
1: say, i'm so here for it it's so know. cute it's very cute uh, will cuts a hole to like the smallest hole he can to like try and work out where they are line himself up mm-hmm. look around the cave they've like worked everything out he cuts a tiny hole that's only as big as his circled thumb and forefinger and then immediately puts his eye to it to stop the light getting through and so i have a vision of what it looks like from the other side it's just randomly an eyeball has appeared in yes. the dare. like yeah if you were Horrible. standing in just the right place you just randomly see an eye just appearing like yeah it's just
0: really creepy <laughs> very very strange will looks into the cave and lyra isn't where she was before so we don't know where she is. Uh, Colter's obviously moved her. Will basically tells Alma to like, he's going to go in and find her, get out of the way and like, basically, so I don't accidentally cut you. Can you imagine?
1: Literally just a random fucking knife. that yeah. can cut through anything appearing in midair um, in front of you. Yeah. Or in you. Yeah. Yeah. Also, so just putting it out there, Will made the exact same plan as o- mm-hmm. in Oxford where he was like, I know where the alethiometer is being kept. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and find the alethiometer. I'll cut a tiny hole. I'll look through oh no the alethiometer is not where I thought it was I'm gonna have to just go into the room yeah. and it worked so well for them last time I mean it did they were successful but it did also <laughs> the shit did hit the fan yeah. and that is literally exactly what's happening here he's cut a little hole he's looked he's got. oh Lyra's not where I thought she was maybe because both in on both occasions he gave the game away by visiting the person he was burgling before he burgled them <sighs>
0: yeah can we just stop doing that it's just
1: not a good way to go about doing that stop doing the same plan yeah <laughs> God, He's like, we're just going to have to go in. And it's just like, literally exactly what happened when you tried to get the alethiometer. Yeah. You know this is going to be a bad plan.
0: I love this moment for Amma too, where she's like, we should both go through because I know how to wake her and you don't. And I know the cave better than you do. Her face was stubborn. Her lips pressed together. Her fist clenched. Her lizard demon acquired a ruff and raised it slowly around his neck.
1: I am obsessed with this lizard demon. It's so cute. I love... There's something so wonderful about lizards that do the little, psh, yeah, like neck frill. Yeah, and they make me so happy, and they also make me think of that little dinosaur in Jurassic Park that does it. Yeah, to the person in the car. Is it the spitty one? Uh,
0: I, yeah, I'm not sure. I can't remember. You know. where, but no, it makes it's you great. Love that. I love it. I love it. Um, and then Will's like, oh, "All right." Will says, "Oh, very well," which is a very like i don't know that's phil talking that's not will talking do you know what i mean like a child would never be like oh very well yeah Will will be like all right
1: yeah i'd be like okay then yeah like, this oh, is just, very well oh, very well <laughs> it's always more of a lyra vibe because at least lyra's language can sometimes be a bit old-fashioned yeah because of like her, the way her world is
0: and this is what i mean like will clearly g- grew up on a council estate like no matter where the council estate is in the uk you're not gonna be, you're not gonna be a 12 year old saying oh very well yeah <laughs> <laughs> They both, they open a new window and they both crawl through it and they can hear shit. Like the zeppelins are coming, like the trees are roaring in the wind, like it's very loud. And then we learn that Lyra is next to Mrs. Coulter. Of course she is. Mm -hmm. It was never going to be simple, was it?
1: No. Also, you know, if you were Mrs. Coulter and Lyra's best mate that robbed you one time visited you to be like, hey, what's up? Oh, I see that you've got Lyra here in this cave. Nice cave you've got here. I'll just look at it a lot and uh, definitely not assess the situation. And I'm, I'm just gonna fuck off. Like, and yeah, I'm not coming back. Don't I don't worry. think I'd just leave her where no. she was when he was visiting. Look, you might think <laughs> that
0: I'm gonna come back, but I promise you, I'm not. Okay, I'm not about to come back and steal. Larry It may as well have just fucking said that. Like, look, I promise you, I'm not gonna yeah. do it.
1: I do not have a plan don't. to use this knife exactly how you just described to me. No, it's not in. It's not even in my brain. <laughs> and how I have done historically. <laughs> oh well. Bless him. He's just like, we'll just go for it. Yeah. We'll just sne- sneak up on a sleeping Coulter and just assume that that's going to work. Again, yeah. massive underestimation of Mrs. Coulter here. Yeah. Like, Oh, yeah. Massively. Uh,
0: Mrs. Well, she wakes up as they're about to move, but mm. we kind of know that she wasn't asleep.
1: But also, yeah, this is the thing. She wasn't asleep at yeah. all because we were told at the beginning of the chapter she's laying awake. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep, yeah,
0: yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. They run to Lyra's side. Uh, she's she's asleep, obviously. Will holds up the knife, it says, and a second later there would have been an opening to pull Lyra through into safety. But he looked up, he looked at Mrs. Coulter. She had turned around silently, and the glare from the sky reflected off the damp cave wall lit her face. And for a moment, it wasn't her face at all, it was his own mother's face, reproaching him. And his heart quailed from sorrow. And then, as he thrust with the knife, his mind left the point, and with a wrench and a crack, the knife fell into pieces to the ground. It was broken. Now he couldn't cut his way out at all. Oh, my God. The knife it's The broken.
1: knife is broken. The drama. The drama? Am I the drama? Am I the drama? <laughs> Am I the drama? Yeah, like, Mrs. Coulter, the vibe that is Mrs. Coulter just, like, suddenly flashing awake and springing up and looking at him with the disappointment, and he sees his own mother. Yeah. Like, oh, mm. heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. Like yeah we know and we know we know that's what the one thing that will was struggling to like focus away from and push out yeah. when he was first learning to use the knife so it's just the fact that mrs Coulter brought that mm. back for him is like oh
0: oh yeah, yeah. also we're not there yet but i'm just gonna bring it up now anyway the part like towards the end of the chapter where he's like you broke the knife and she's like no bitch <laughs> you did no bitch you broke the knife yeah like <laughs> he broke the knife like he you know like can't admit to himself that he, I mean, Missus Colter didn't wake up and think, "I'm going to make this boy break his knife and look at him and be like." Again, she, all she did was exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> yes, um, but yeah, it's it's um, so shocking that the knife is broken, and it's like it's a very well written little paragraph. Mm-hmm. But also, in a lot of ways, it feels like a kind of throwaway paragraph, and it mm-hmm. is nestled right in the middle of the chapter. It's not, it's not the cliffhanger yeah. that this chapter is about to end on. No, it is just and the knife is broken and the chapter must continue because yeah. Lyra's still asleep and yeah. we've got to get this done and it's just like the fact that the broken knife then continues to be kind of in the background throughout as like all these other actions happening and Will is simultaneously focusing on Coulter and waking Lyra up and trying to pick, pick up, up it, the knife yeah. pieces yeah. It's like
0: also yeah. it, it's always a a sign of a really fucking well-written book when something that is quite obvious like you know like they have the knife they have the alethiometer the alethiometer got stolen in this little knife and now the knife's broken but I just don't expect those things to happen even though I know for like story progression and to make the story more interesting stuff like that does happen in these stories yeah. but like in just g- stories in general like but it's always a mark of a well-written one where you're like i was felt so safe with a knife that i was like nothing's gonna happen to this knife yeah and now here we are and i'm like oh.
1: again like the moment i'm being girls with a crown <laughs> <laughs> yes have you heard the term MacGuffins before uh no okay so it is a term used in a lot of media stuff to refer to like an object that exists pretty much purely to move the plot forward. And what's interesting is like despite the fact that these books are very much each one is centred around an object. Like we've had the Northern Lights or In America the Golden Compass mm-hmm. and then The Suttle Knife and the Amber Spyglass. Like each one seems to be centered around an object. But despite the fact that you could accuse them of being MacGuffins, they exist purely to like drive the plot forward quite often so like, for example, I've been watching a lot of Vampire Diaries recently, they have a million MacGuffins, like every single episode, there's a new object that appears that either somebody's looking for it in this episode, or it'll hang around for a few episodes, and then somebody will be looking for it, because it draws characters in, and it gives you something to hide, it gives you a secret to have, it gives you whatever, but I genuinely feel like, despite the fact that that's kind of what's happening in these books is like the alethiometer is a bit of a MacGuffin because Lyra like got this object she's hiding it people are wanting mm-hmm. it but then it also isn't because then lyra basically finds out that they're not necessarily looking for the alethiometer yeah. and it's not that important until she loses it in the second book and then the plot becomes rescuing the alethiometer mm-hmm. that's maybe the most MacGuffin it gets yeah <laughs> and the same with the knife here like People are after the knife, they're getting the knife to the thing. I guess you could accuse, like, the one ring of being a MacGuffin in the Lord of the Rings to, like, get it to the mountain. Like, the whole ring, the ring drives the entire plot forward. But yeah. it feels not like an object that's just dropped in for plot in that same way. Yeah. don't know. It's just something I've been thinking about every time I read about the knife or the alethiometer, like... Interesting. And since hearing the term MacGuffins. MacGuffins. <laughs> which is also just really fun to say. <laughs> it's a good word.
0: <laughs> so we see a bit of, like, Will's fightiness again here that we, like... I feel like it was in This Little Knife, wasn't it? Where he was just very quick to be like, well, I'm just going to fucking punch someone. Do you know what I mean? Like, with the fight with, like, Tulio and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And here we get a bit of... Then he stood up, ready to fight. He'd strangled that monkey first. He was tense to meet its leap, and he found he still had the hilt of the knife in his hand. At least he could use it to hit with. So he's very quick to be like, I'll just be the shit out of this monkey. And, like, I don't blame you, Will, Mm because he is a little monkey prick. But also, very quick to just jump to the assumption of violence yeah Yeah.
1: and amma's he's been like amma wake her up wake her up do it now we can't do it in the other world like everything's basically come to a head comes to a head at the moment the knife breaks yeah mrs coulter like turns slightly in the moonlight and reveals that she has a gun in her hand yeah and that moment is everything i cannot wait to see if and how they do that with ruth wilson i want to see that look on her face like I mean, it's a mood. It really is. <laughs> and like,
0: also, again, I'm jumping ahead, but when she fires the gun later, I am not one for guns. Hate guns. Don't it's think it right? It's so hot. Why is it hot? <laughs>
1: because it's Mrs. Carter,
0: Right? And Well, just in general, just because it's a woman, like, if it was a man, I wouldn't give a shit. But like, yeah. it is hot. And I hate that I find it hot because I hate guns. Mm. But
1: I'm like, it is hot though. It's the confidence of it. it,
0: it it's yeah, the confidence it and the competence yeah. that just does it for me. Yeah, yes. 100%. That's it. Um, that's it.
1: Also, just so Amma is doing, putting the powder on Lyra's upper lip and watching her breathe it in, helping it into her nostrils by using her own demon's tail as a brush, but we don't get to know what the demon is shaped as. What do you, what animal do you think it is that has a brushy tail?
0: I, well, I was like, is it still, my thought was like, is it still the lizard? Because that would probably be a bit ouchy. (laughs)
1: Um, a squirrel would be funny. Yeah, a squirrel. In my head, for some reason, it's a little chinchilla. (laughs) oh because they've got quite like poofy tails and like yes. is the chinchilla like is she holding <laughs> is she just oh holding gosh. the chinchilla and then they're working their tail oh. <laughs> or is the chinchilla what like perched on lyra's chest yeah. and doing it like i'm trying to work out I like the configuration that. of it and it's adorable love your
0: demon <laughs> helping you snort some kirk <laughs> <laughs> gently
1: yeah, gently of
0: course of course <laughs> um colt has got a gun lyra's waking up what else we got a man falls out of the sky and Colter does not flinch. Oh my God. The vibes. <laughs> the vibe of like a man falling from the sky five feet away from her and her just being like, yeah, oh,
1: nothing. Yeah. Oh my God. Like shit is kicking off yes. outside. Like things inside are happening that are happening are quite gentle and quite tense and quite like, it's not, it's like quite a slow pace inside mm. the cave. And it sounds like outside the cave is an absolute clusterfuck yeah. of a lot of stuff going down. Like all of these things converging, converging around the cave which kind of makes me think of the hobbit and like the battle of five armies where it's like all these different forces are meeting in the middle mm-hmm. for this one thing
0: do you know yeah. i don't really remember because you know me i'm not really a lord of the rings slash hobbit fan so i don't really remember much from the hobbit i read uh, i read the book uh the only thing i remember is when they're all floating barrels down the river <laughs> that's nice. the only bit i remember and not even the little riddle contest at the end <laughs> no. so he has like a little riddle off with Gollum at the end i can't remember that yeah. and obviously the films i just remember them fucking singing all the time mm-hmm. stop it with
1: the singing seriously also the films they like did the entire battle sequence when in the book he gets conked on the head and he's just passed out for the entire battle and he wakes up and he's like battle's done and i'm like yes tolkien get out of writing that battle scene (laughs) i'm here for it it's like twilight
0: (laughs) the last twilight when there's they just have a big chat and there's no fight and you're like oh cool so there may as well have not even been this fucking book don't get me started honestly i watched breaking (laughs) dawn part two the other day because i've watched all the twilights recently garbage it's so boring garbage Garbage. like at least the other four like stuff happens and you can like have a giggle at twilight because that's what most people do now mm-hmm. the fourth one you can't even do that it's so fucking boring honestly oh I my god like i don't going to see that in the cinema i thought i think i saw it like fuck me and zach sorry like midnight or something ridiculous. brilliant oh yeah um and it is the one though where the fucking cgi baby oh my god i can't not not cgi me
1: not ravioli <laughs> <laughs> Uh. Anyway,
0: enough about Twilight. Like you said, the shit's hitting the fan outside. Lyra's starting to stir, like, Will's, like, squeezing her hand. Also, after the man falls out of the sky and it all goes, like, massively crazy, I just thought to myself, how funny is it that there's, like, an entire battle that is just over a little girl? Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Also, with all this, I struggled a bit with this chapter because I don't, like, I struggle to read big paragraphs about like fighting and, and battling like it just doesn't i just don't enjoy it i find it mm. quite boring so it, it's quite hard to get into my head so
1: yeah you'll have definitely noticed through this this episode listening to us we've not really focused on the fight scenes because essentially all they've done for me is be like yes what's happening in the cave is very interesting yeah. and i get that the battle escalating is adding like a time pressure to mm-hmm. what's occurring in the cave yeah but for me it's not adding anything aside from that time pressure in the cave and understanding that it's chaos outside and tense silence inside. Yeah. And yeah. like I <sighs> don't feel the need to like go through any of the actual twos and froes of what's yeah. occurring
0: outside. I'm just not interested in men fighting. Yeah. And yeah, so like obviously the the men are trying to reach the cave, but they're not they've not got there just yet. So mm. the tent like you said, the tension is kind of rising, I suppose. I like there's a line that says But neither force had yet reached the cave, and still the power inside it lay with Mrs. Coulter. I like that line. Yes. It's a good line.
1: (sighs) The knife has broken into seven pieces, which I just wanted to point out that Mm -hmm. Phil's clearly chosen that number, because it's very satisfying, but also it's like, it's a prime number, it's a magic number. It holds a lot of significance like Will's picking up the pieces and putting them into the sheath very aware of his fingers as he's doing yes, it yes yes and again it's all this stuff is happening while Lyra is coming out of being asleep yeah put yourself in Lyra's shoes oh my what god the fuck?
0: <laughs> I'd be like, poor Lyra I know I've wanted to wake up for ages and I'm grateful but could you like just wake me up a little bit after this has happened please <laughs>
1: yeah somewhere nice and quiet would be lovely also like because if you think about how confusing it is waking up and you've had like been in a really deep sleep and you've kind of forgotten where you were when you mm. went to sleep you wake up in your friend's bed or a, yeah. like a hotel room and you your body had convinced you that you were asleep in your own bed and it takes yeah. you a minute to like clock into where you are yeah but imagine where you are is waking up in the middle of a tense altercation between your mom and your best friend and there's a battle outside <laughs> and people like gunshots and zeppelins and this whirring sound and also you're in a cave <laughs> like cool great and there's also this random girl here as well yeah. like yeah Fucking hell. And that yeah. shiny guy in the corner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Will uh, Will asks Mrs. Coulter, what are you going to do? And she says, hold you captive. Will says, what, well, as hostages, why should they take any notice of that? They'll want to kill us anyway. One force does, certainly, she said, but I'm not sure about the other. We must hope the
1: Africans win. And then she got, like, a big fucking smile on her face. Yeah. What's going on here, like? I feel like Mrs. Coulter is, like, she's been doing her best with lyra trying mm-hmm. to get on her like mum bullshit yeah but where she it's is ha- where she is happiest is in the middle of a bunch of men having a big fight because she knows she can manipulate someone yeah and i feel like she's kind of being like this is a situation i can control and i feel in control like i know how to wield my power here true and like i feel like it's just she's just like is it this that level of calmness i think that maybe she feels from all of her time yeah like dealing with men doing fights and like <sighs> maintaining her like control over the situation so she's like i've, d- I've literally done this before like yeah
0: this is yeah about. she feels like it's probably yeah like a level of like um not comfort but like what's the word that i'm thinking of that she hasn't had in ages because she's been in the cave for so long so mm-hmm. like she's like oh i recognize this and i'm comfortable in this situation kind yeah. of thing probably just like yorick it yeah, is the sea in which she swims. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is where they have the little conversation about breaking the knife, what we
1: mentioned earlier. And then Lyra's awake. She is. She's calling to I Will. love that the moment she mentions Will, he's like, no, not paying attention to Coltrane yeah. I'm here. Like, it's me. Like, I'm here, Lyra. And it's so. Oh, the speed at which he, like, moves to her side is like.
0: Yeah. My heart. I oh, know. <laughs> and Amma is helping Lyra sit up as well. Um, and she mentions that dream again. Mm-hmm. like we said and just like this bit where it says her, her eyes were still heavy and she was racked by deep yawns but she was desperate to be awake and he helped her up putting her arm over his shoulder and taking much of her weight and again just it just reminds me of like fucking sleep paralysis vibes again where you're just like fucking clawing to be awake and i just fucking hate that feeling so much mm-hmm. it's fucking horrible and then i just have a note that says stop sniffing bodies yeah <laughs> literally,
1: as we were making notes earlier, I was like, why has Phil got a thing about smelly bodies at the moment? Like, I get that Will is happy for Lyra to be back. And I do get that, like, there is a certain thing of, like, when you haven't seen someone in a while, like, you might have Mm -hmm. forgotten their smell. Because everyone does have a smell. But I don't need you to spell it out for me. Mm,
0: And also, yeah, I agree completely. I will say, though, as well, like, sometimes... You know, like, there is truth to what he says about, like, her sleepy body smell, like, having a smell. I feel like mm. when you just wake up, say, so if you wake up in the same bed as someone or whatever, um, like, your partner or whatever, there is a there is a smell. Not a, Sleep not, stank. But not a bad one, do you know yeah. what I mean? There's something, like, can be, like, quite comforting in that. Mm. Um,
1: so I get it, but also stop telling me about it. Yeah. Also, it's just the fact that he'd already mentioned the smell of Mrs. Coulter's body yeah. last chapter. It's too, for me, too much brings that into my head yeah and it, again it brings in like a level of like discomfort for me like yeah yeah also I mean, just the happy satisfaction of it is a bit like i get it like she was here she was is another sensory thing that means that he's not just imagining that it's yeah higher. it like grounds it but also stop talking about sniffing bobbies please please god
0: <laughs> she asks will what's happening he tells her about amma and she puts a little hand on amma's shoulder and like just say yeah.
1: thank you I love that it mentions that Amma's like a little bit nervous of Lyra now she's awake yeah. because of like the presence she has yeah. when she is awake even when she's half asleep yeah. Lyra is like a force mm-hmm. and Amma can kind of sense that and she's like suddenly a little bit nervous yeah. of her Ooh,
0: it's very cute the battle's still happening outside sorry I just obviously I know we t- we talked about this but I was just trying to read my next net, my next note my handwriting's terrible and I was like what does that say and I was like oh it says Mrs. C has a gun why is this hot? <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong it is, um, Mm -hmm. yeah again, confidence yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, totally,
0: and Will's like, so Mrs. C, like, she, like, goes to fire the gun and he's like, if she does that again, I'll, like storm her and, like, knock her over and get the Mm -hmm. gun and he's about to tell Balthamoth this and then Balthamoss is, like, terrified at the side of a cave. And it's something, about, something about this is quite comical, and I don't want it to be. But they're going to have to... Do, if they decide to put this scene into the TV show, they're going to have to do it in a way that doesn't look funny. Because, like, just, ca- like, an angel cowering against the wall in the cave can yeah. either look, dev- like, devastating or funny. And I just feel like there's a fine line in between those, like, emotions.
1: Yeah, and I think... Because, like, Will says, like, oh, you can fight, you've fought before... But what we know about Balthamoss and Brooke is that, like, whilst they've joined Azrael's side, they are not necessarily fighters. That's why they gave themselves the mission of finding the knife bearer. Like, they were like, we can't, we're not, like brave warriors yeah we can't we're gonna help how we can otherwise and i think the only way they can play this in the tv series that won't come off as comical is what i think it clearly is which is balthamoss with some kind of ptsd as one of the reasons why he can't fight and why he can't do it because this is clearly a like a trauma reaction absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. oh poor
0: poor Poor Balthamoss. balthamoss
1: But it doesn't matter anyway because Sally and Talia are here.
0: Yes! <laughs> Balcomos yes, the turned are. out
1: not to be needed because Mrs. Coulter felt something on her ankle and the monkey has got something. Oh, God. And they hear a woman's voice and it's Salmakia. and the monkey has got her, and the Ugh. moment he's got her, he's already got her arm in his hand, and Amma immediately is thinking of the bats, as yeah. are we. Mm-hmm. Let her go, little monkey poke. Oh my god, horrendous. Oh no. god. Get your horny fingers off her. Oh god,
0: <laughs> I just, like, can't imagine how, I don't obviously want to get too graphic, but the feeling of that, of, like, somebody tugging on your arm must be just fucking
1: horrendous. makes me think too much of, like, Attack on Titan, which is quite gory for that, because the whole vibe of that is that, like, there's giants that yeah. eat people you you've seen it but decided not to watch yes
0: yes (laughs) um yeah oh gross so will leaps to like grab the gun when mrs coulter drops it and then like we're, we're in a bit of we're in a bit of a stalemate here aren't we the golden monkey and mrs coulter were both utterly motionless Her face was distorted with pain and fury, but she dared not move, because standing on her shoulder was a tiny man with his heel pressed against her neck, his hands entwined in her hair, and Will, through his astonishment, saw on that heel a glistening, horny spur. well, (laughs) and knew what had caused her to cry out a moment before. But he must, have, he must have stung her uncle. But the little man couldn't hurt Mrs. Coulter anymore because of the danger his partner was in at the hands of the monkey. And the monkey couldn't harm her in case the little man dug his poison spare into Mrs. Coulter's juggler, juggler vein. None of them could move.
1: Bam, bam, bam. It's a standoff. Mm-hmm. It is a tense standoff. It really is. Mm-hmm. It really is. How do we feel about Mrs. Coulter saying so master will what do you think we should do now i
0: think it is very sarcastic yeah. i think it's very much like all right then mate what the fuck are we gonna do now seeing as you've got us in this
1: mess it's a weird choice considering she's been calling him will up to this point to be like master will because it makes me think of like batman master master bruce like yeah Ma- master william i think she's been
0: i think she's yeah. saying, it,
1: saying it to be sarcastic yeah like
0: oh well done mate you know,
1: now what the fuck are we going to do? That yeah. kind of vibe. I absolutely get it. It's just such a weird choice. Like, I can't imagine, literally say the words, so Master Will, what do you think we should do now? In that tone. Do it now. <laughs> say Mrs. Carter's line for me okay. and make it not sound shit. So
0: like,
1: uh, okay, so like,
0: so Master Will, what do you think we should do now? Yeah, it's still weird though, right? It is weird, but like, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe it's just because like, Master's quite an old fashioned, oh. like people don't call anyone Master anymore. That's it's true. like, the, the 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 boy's version of Mister, isn't it Yeah but only for poshos. I think that's it. I can't do it. I'm not posh. posh- <laughs> that's, that's why. <laughs> I'm not bloody posh. Am I? Um, I can't bloody do that. Oh, I love it. But what do we do now? Who knows? Because it's a cliffhanger, knows? baby. Oh my God. <laughs> wow.
0: That was like a short chapter. Like this is going to yeah. be quite a short episode. What is the next chapter called?
1: Tialis and Salmachia or Talis and Salmachia again Tally and Sally Tally and
0: Sally, <laughs> Tally and Sally. <laughs> well I am happy that we have Lyra back and hopefully in the next couple of chapters she'll like come back if we're with Lyra anyway she'll come back to her more Lyra-y self
1: I really hope so I I'm so glad she's away yeah me too oh my god I've missed her <laughs> I'm god, so I glad I missed she's her. awake. I bloody love a good cliffhanger mm-hmm. like yes. yes yeah I'm here for it me too <laughs> Have an award to give out. Yeah, tell me your award. My tell award me. this week, I feel like it's just always going to be this. It's for Emma. It's for Emma and her like frilly neck lizard demon. Um, it's for Emma practicing doing it like the oh, <laughs> the <yeah>. coke delivery <laughs> in the dark. It is. She's so earnest. She's just so goddamn adorably earnest mm. and like brave and like. Again, I feel like I said it a few episodes, like, way back when we spent more time with Anna, but, like, she deserves her own Lyra story arc in a lot of ways because she's, like, maybe a slightly more timid and superstitious version of Lyra in terms of her determination and her, like... She's got great main character vibes. Oh, yeah, 100%. No, mine is, mine is for armor as well. Yeah. Just for, like... And
0: like, my favourite bit, I think, with her this episode was... Uh, this chapter was her being, like, saying to Will, no, you're not having the medicine. No. I I fucking got it. Yeah, I know how nice. to use it. It's going to be my thing. And I like that. That's yeah, great. this is my plan. Yeah. Yeah, I bribed a monk.
1: Yeah. You. Use your knife or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Use you <laughs> your broken knife. Use your absolutely terrifying broken knife. <laughs> And try not to stab me in midair. Oh, God. Yeah. Also, she took everything in her stride. I think that's the mm-hmm. thing as well. Like, even though, and we've said it before in the episode with the, the lost boy, mm-hmm. when Lyra mastered her fear. Yes. I feel like Am has done a lot of that yeah. work. She's clearly scared. She's clearly superstitious. She's doing her little warding off evil thing mm-hmm. with her hands, but she's persevering anyway. Yeah. And there's something really great about being scared and carrying on compared to just not being scared at all. Very true like very true yay all the awards for Amma yay Amma yeah speaking of awards and rewards if you want to be as awesome as Amma you should give us a review as it helps us in all of the like listings and charts and stuff that we need and it's also just great we love to hear compliments about ourselves (laughs) oh we do we do definitely (laughs) so we are running a little reward giveaway system for reviews if you leave us a review and screenshot it send it to us in an email that becomes an entry into a prize draw when we hit 50 entries we'll pull some names out of a hat and you'll win some fun stuff if you've been listening for long you know the deal i don't need to go on any further <laughs> yes
0: uh please give us five stars say nice things tell a friend about us uh shout us out on social media we bloody love an email we all do. the stuff all the stuff that you've heard us say a million times even if you even make it this far i reckon a lot of people are just like done
1: as soon as we like finish the chapter we're like we've heard it all before we should we should add in like a little secret surprise at the end (laughs) of every episode to be like we'll tell we'll tell you a secret at the end of every episode you gotta tune it you gotta you gotta keep listening yes hell yeah Thank you for listening to this episode of Heard Art Materials. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at hdmpod, and you can email us at herdartmaterialspod at gmail.com. You can also visit our website at hdmpod.co.uk. If
0: you want to support us, you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash hdmpod. We also have a shop where you can buy merch featuring all original artwork from Ridge. You can find it at hdmpod.co.uk forward slash shop. I'm fair, and when I'm not talking about how hot Coulter is holding a gun, you can find me talking about Paramore on my other podcast, Still Into You. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at Still Into
1: You Pod. I'm Rachel, oh and I'm not here chatting to you lovely folks about awesome lizards with cool neck frills. I am making cute and magical arty things. You can find me over on Instagram at RachMakes on Twitter and TikTok at rach underscore makes and over in my online shop, rachmakes.co.uk. A huge thanks as always to Johnny Knock for his musical stylings. We'll see you in two weeks' time. And don't forget, keep telling stories and all will be well. It's colder. She's so hot. (laughs)